Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We've been dreaming about making this for years, for years. We designed a big, high-performance 3D printer at class-leading speed. Every so often, a new gadget will take the world by storm. Sometimes those products are the typical ones you would expect, like a smartphone or a laptop. In recent years, technology that seems too advanced or off-limits has become more accessible to the public, like 3D printers and virtual this reality. is Vision OS, Apple's first ever spatial operating system. But shortly before smartphones became the norm, back when VR still seemed like a distant dream, a very different technology took people by storm. Life moves faster each day, and we make sacrifices just to keep up. None more so than in the kitchen. This hurried lifestyle means having to eat hastily thrown together meals and on-the-go processed food. But with Instant Pot, there's an affordable solution for everyone. And it all happens with the press of a button. Whether it's hearty chili, spicy... This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And that's right, it was the era of the Instant Pot. In case you couldn't tell from the old school black and white, the world is ending and the product magically appearing on the screen type of commercial, Instant Pot was released a little while back in 2009 to be more specific. As strange as it sounds to say about cookware, Instant Pot has been called revered, cherished, and iconic. This was actually a product that seemed to make good on its promises about making your life easier. It was as close to perfect as it possibly could be and as a six in one cooking device, might I add. Instant Pot was literally the next best thing. Eventually, like so many brands, it was bought up or eaten up by a larger company. But this equity firm, Cornell Capital, sure seemed to love its kitchenware. They also made Pyrex, a long-standing and beloved brand, theirs. Whether you've used their measuring cups, baking dishes, pie plates, or hefty bowls, you've probably heard of or had your hands on some Pyrex glassware at some point in your life. And this seemed like a crazy cool setup. Two iconic brands under one roof, Instant Pot and Pyrex. Cornell seemed undefeatable, except for the fact that they're not. In June, the company filed for bankruptcy. TikToks of Pyrex dishes shattering started flooding people's feeds. Both companies are said to simply not be what they used to be. But where did it all go wrong? What exactly happened here? And is there any coming back from this for either one of them? It's the hot spot of the moment, or so say its fans, the all-in-one pot. And the company that makes Instant Pot slow cookers has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Instant Brands, which also includes Pyrex Glassware. So we had this mission statement that we're going to put an Instant Pot in every kitchen. 
And before we fully get entrenched in today's episode all about the Instant Pot, if you want more content, content like this, suggest new content and exclusive content and even content released in advance and ad-free, make sure you check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. Instant Pot in every kitchen. At the time, it was a little laughable. <laughs> now, if you look at our number today, uh, it's very much attainable. A Black Friday, Cyber Monday is one of the the big season for us. Right? Uh, Instant Pot was the number one best-selling non-Amazon device on Amazon.com. Depending and, on where uh, you go, you yeah, might hear a very different origin story about the Instant Pot. And, uh, Instant one, Appliances claims that it was founded in 2009 by a team of Canadian technology veterans who wanted to explore food preparation. Then the following year, after months of grueling research, they released the pressure cooker to the world. And a legend was basically born. NBC, on the other hand, phrased it a little bit differently and said that a dad had made it when he and his fellow software engineer co-workers had been tired of cooking dinner. When Robert Wang was laid off in 2008, he tinkered around to find a new solution. Truthfully, neither of these stories are actually wrong, though I can see why Instant Appliances would promote the first version on their website. It just sounds a little bit more professional, though I think the second explanation of you know, dads being laid off software engineers and wanting to find an easier way to make dinner, I think it's a little more, like, relatable. Inspired by Steve Jobs and the slow cooker, both for very different reasons, I assume, Wang found success on Amazon. Bit by bit, he started incorporating user feedback too. And even six years later, the buzz around Instant Pot was strong. According to Make It, Wang had adapted well to the online marketplace. Today, we see companies sending TikTok influencers their products to create hype, and that's basically what Wang did back in 2006. He sent a few hundred devices to bloggers and celebrity chefs to get exposure, and on Prime Day that year, all 215,000 Instapots sold out. I gotta call them Instant Pots. I keep calling them Instapots. Now, I know that for a makeup brand or Taylor Swift tickets or any other sellout products you may know, this probably doesn't sound like a lot. But for an Instant Pot, for a pressure cooker, that is pretty damn impressive. And from that moment forward, Black Friday has been their banner sales period. It's the hot pot of the moment, or so say its fans, the all-in-one pot that does nearly everything. So, of course, Martha Teichner just had to try it out. The 2008 article added, quote, Facebook offers roughly 200 different groups dedicated to Instant Pot, Wang says, with one group even lovingly dubbing themselves potheads in a reference to Wang's product. And honestly, it sounds like a really cute, wholesome group. And if I used Facebook, maybe that's somewhere I would go. And I know, I know, I'm sure that even this cooking Facebook page had drama or something. Maybe little Aunt Betty shared a recipe that would actually burn the heck out of your Instant Pot or, you know, something ridiculous. But, you know, with a name like Potheads, I've got some fondness for whatever goofy suburban moms thought was cool back in 2010 just for using the name. But the point is, this fandom was real and real intense. The New York Times even went so far as to call Instant Pot the kitchen gadget that spawned a religion. People said it changed their life, praising this multi-cooker like it was the best thing since sliced bread. Or I guess in this case, maybe the best thing since toast, since instant mac and cheese maker, I don't know. I'm not sure what an apt comparison would be, but I can honestly say that I've never heard someone call a kitchen device life-changing with such passion before. Even the lore about Instant Pot was quite wholesome. Quote, Mr. Wang revealed a secret. In every official photograph of an Instant Pot, the unit's timer is set to 520, a series of numbers that when spoken aloud, sounds like I love you in his native Mandarin. It's a subliminal message, he said. It shows how much we care about our customers. 
Unfortunately though, all good things must come to an end, and that includes Instant Pot 2. It wasn't 2017 when things noticeably took a turn. For one, competition came along in the Battle of the Pots. Crock-Pot, the original Instant Pot, as some may say, made their version of an all-inclusive multi-cooker, a line that they fittingly called the Crock-Pot Express Crock Multi-Cooker, which, whew, that name is not nearly as catchy, but it was creeping in on Instant Pot territory all the same. It's pretty understandable why, after years of being at the top of their game and wanting to keep that momentum, Instant Pot merged with the owner of Pyrex. Corel Brands excitedly scooped up Instant Brands in a deal with undisclosed financial terms, which probably meant a boatload of money, and they started building their mini cookware empire. But this is where Corel's brands, owned by Cornell Capital, and I know, a little bit confusing, similar names here, but they are different. Uh, they had a different vision than Instant Pot did. See, when Corel and Instant Pot fused together, they seemed to see Crock-Pot, Ninja, and other competition as a real threat. From what I can tell, at least in the 2018 CNBC article, Wang and Instant Pot weren't all that concerned about their rivals. Crock-Pot hadn't really taken their share of the market, and Instant Pot's products spoke for themselves. We saw the reviews, the huge popularity. Instant Pot was confident, and they earned that confidence. But Corel wasn't. Instead, they thought they should expand Instant Pot instead of focusing on the gold that they had in their hands. And so the downfall began. The brand went from an Instant Pot to an Instant Knot. Yes, that perhaps is one of the worst jokes you'll hear. I don't know, I've got many bad jokes, but it is true. The brand changed and started offering air fryers, cookware, coffee, air purifiers, stand mixers, literally like anything and everything. And I mean, hey, sometimes throwing crap at a wall until it sticks is a decent method when you're trying something new. But Instant Pot wasn't new. They were established for at least seven years, they had consistent sales, and they sold out on Prime Day a couple of years prior. So why change all of that? Well, it's a simple and unsurprising answer, really. Greed. As The Verge put it, their desire to mimic big tech absolutely cooked themselves. They were once about high quality and slow, reliable growth, then felt the pressure to have infinite growth and find new categories to enter. I mean, air purifiers, seriously? Like, I'm sorry, but who actually bought an air purifier from Instant Pot? I'm just curious. I didn't even know they made them. So if you were one of the people that happened to buy one, let me know your thoughts on that. Because it, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, those things in my mind do not really go together. The only element they actually share is tech. The chief executive of Instant Pot, Gad Boys, did not see it that way though. And he told the Wall Street Journal that the product was a quote, product phenom. Product phenomenon, phenom, I don't know, whatever. Their sales slump was bound to happen one day, as all phenomenons eventually die, and it did happen. And I mean, I do kinda get where he's coming from. Like yes, sometimes a product is huge one day and then no one cares about it the next. But personally, as an outsider looking in, I don't think that's what happened with Instant Pot. It seemed far too coincidental to me that they're doing very well for themselves in 2015, and then once they're bought out by someone larger and pressured to expand, they're starting to flounder. Quote, when we acquired Instant Pot, they were the hottest thing in town, said Mike Skefke, who works at Corel in marketing before and after the acquisition. I remember feeling really energized by that. The brand Ninja was always the Pepsi to our Coke, said Mr. Shefke, who left in 2021. Lots of time and resources went towards playing catch up and how do we rekindle the magic, he said. And here's a thought. Why wasn't that time and energy devoted to Instant Pot instead of competing with Ninja's air fryers? 
Again, that's my opinion as an outsider, so feel free to take it for what it is. But it is clear that whether or not I'm right, the company was struggling. In this Wall Street Journal article, the whole air purifier confusion is explained. Instant Brands started working on it in 2020 for a reason, to try to keep up with the high pandemic level demand. But after spending money and time to develop one, the market was completely saturated when it was released in 2021. Companies were saddled with unsold inventory and the sales of these products have comprised of about 1% of current inventory value. Just one pitiful percent. Then that same year, as the cost to import goods rose, Instant Brands canceled $100 million worth of orders, pulled back on discounts, and their products started arriving late. And the issue kept piling on and on, stacking and stacking up. Their inventories piled up, demand dropped, companies were annoyed by having so much unsold stock, they had to lay off around 15% of their workforce, their credit rating dropped, and finally, in early 2023, they had to hire restructuring advisors. And this is usually the business step that's taken before declaring bankruptcy. And look, I'm not saying that expansion always means death, but by the time you're trying to jump on a trend, you might already be too late. Plus in New York Times articles, or literally any article that talks about the company for that matter, their air fryers and cookware just aren't even mentioned. It's not an important piece of the company, or at least not the part that people seem to care about. Instant brands will, in my opinion, always be known for their instant pot. It wasn't broken, so why come in and try to fix it? If they were trying to cash in on the pandemic, as gross as that might sound, there were so many other ways to do that. Cooking from home was on the rise, right? Ordering DoorDash was popular, but got really expensive really fast. Why not create a simple budget-friendly version of the Instant Pot and release cheap recipes to go along with it? Why make an air purifier instead? And again, totally my opinion. Marketing people, feel free to disagree, have other opinions, you know, if I'm wrong. But for better or worse, I think the spark behind Instant Pot had died out. By 2022, the trend seemed pretty dead. Bettina on Eater wrote that she had purchased her Instant Pot for the hype in 2018, but that by 2022, after only about a dozen uses, she decided to part with it. Not only does the Instant Pot take up a lot of counter space, but the set it and forget it aspect doesn't always align with people's tastes. You can't taste metal and stir that way, as Bettina put it. But when she went on Facebook Marketplace to sell it, she discovered that everyone seemed to be selling their Instant Pot too. It was cheap and abundant, the cookbooks were on the decline, and other handy kitchen utensils like bread makers, air fryers, George Foreman grills, which those are still being sold by the way, and sous vides took over. It's no wonder that Instant Pot wasn't doing so well. Why would someone spend $100 on more product when you can buy it barely used for less than half the cost? Sure, not everyone wants to get a kitchen product secondhand, I get it, I get it, I do, but Bettina compares it to the Peloton, what used to be seen as a luxury coveted item, and now it's pretty easy to find one on eBay or Facebook Marketplace for a fraction of the price. And this was the beginning of the instant pot downfall. And soon, the kitchen and cookware industry knew what state the company was in. And the company that makes Instant Pot slow cookers has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Instant Brands, which also includes Pyrex Glassware, is owned by private equity firm Cornell Capital. But they sold a scabillion of those things. How'd that happen? It's natural to expect a downturn in sales in the first quarter. Christmas season is always the buying season, and things calm down by then. It happens. Maybe you won't be surprised to hear that in the first quarter of 2023, instant brand sales fell. The trouble is that it was their seventh straight quarter of sales declines. 
they were down 22% from where they were the previous year, and they had less than a fifth of their debts on the books, 90 million in cash compared to $510 million in debt. And those are some pretty ugly numbers. The demand was down, retailer replenishment was down, and the challenges that plagued many businesses since the pandemic had a lasting effect. That's not to say that bankruptcy was inevitable because of COVID and the economy. Some of it seemed to be Instant Pot's doing. But the entire issue seemed to be the perfect storm. Once the news broke in June this year, articles from sources such as Bon Appetit said that it seems baffling how such a popular kitchen tool could fail. But Instant Pot's high quality was really part of the problem. Quote, Part of the problem for companies like Instant Brands, Dr. Smurthy P. Rahonda, a clinical accounting professor at the University of Southern California, told The Times, is that they produce durable products that do not need to be replaced regularly. In other words, Instant Pot fans are so happy with their purchase that they never plan to buy more, and the company doesn't sell more. Sam Stone of Bon Appetit also wrote that Instant Pot's place among store shelves may remain for some time, there's still hope for the company, even if they do seem to be winding down. Personally, I understand, but don't fully agree with the idea that they're simply so good that they won't sell again. It's true that Instant Pot has proven to be highly successful before and they don't need constant replacing. But KitchenAid is also known for high quality appliances, their stand mixer in particular. I don't hear about people having to replace that so frequently, but they still do well for themselves and sell a variety of other countertop and major appliances like ovens and refrigerators. Or what about Dyson floor vacuums? Or any other major appliance brand out there really? Simply not needing to be replaced as often does not equate to not being able to make money. Instead, I think I'd credit their failure due to their merger with Corel Brands, the extreme sudden growth that goes along with that, and then branching into a bunch of random markets that may or may not have even actually made sense for the brand. And now we're left to wonder what will happen to Instant Pots? Are they going to fail, get eaten up, or just be forgotten as a fad? Or are they going to have the ability to crawl out of this hole stronger than ever and change their business model for good? Chances are it'll probably be somewhere kind of in between. And honestly though, it's a shame to see this business dying because they aren't really evil in the way that some brands are, especially brands that I've covered. They aren't an MLM. They aren't horrible to their customers. And the CEO hasn't even been involved in any sex scandals, which man, the bar is under fucking ground at this point. I'm almost surprised that it's not embroiled in controversy, but it's probably because they're too busy dealing with food, right? Well, unfortunately, this isn't the only thing we actually have to address today. Because in addition to the Instant Pot, there's another brand that falls under the Corel Capital umbrella. It's a brand that has made headlines recently, but for all the wrong reasons, Pyrex. And before we jump in to talk about Pyrex and how what's happening at that company actually, in my opinion, is hurting what's happening to Instant Pot, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services. Inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Have you ever paused to consider the weight of your monthly phone bill? With everyday expenses skyrocketing, it's high time we caught a break. Mint Mobile is that break. Innovators in the realm of wireless service, they've pioneered an online only sales model. No flashy stores or high pressure sales pitches. 
the savings from cutting these overheads directly funneled to you. In an era where every dollar counts, Mint Mobile emerges as the financial ally we didn't know we were missing. Now envision this. Instead of dishing out exorbitant amounts for a phone plan, you're enjoying premium wireless for a mere $15 a month. It's not a promotional gimmick. It's the new normal with Mint Mobile. By sidestepping traditional retail costs, Mint Mobile ensures you're only paying for the service, not the unnecessary frills. But it's more than just talk and text. Dive deep into the offerings and you'll find high-speed data on the nation's vast 5G network. Whether you're indulging in a binge-watching session or navigating a crucial video conference, Mint Mobile ensures zero glitches. And what about the hassle of switching? Non-existent. Retain your device, your number, and even those treasured contacts. You're probably itching to ask, where's the catch? Here's the refreshing twist. There isn't one. In a marketplace often marred by hidden charges and convoluted contracts, Mint Mobile stands out with its transparent consumer-first approach. It's the panacea for those exhausted by hefty bills and subpar service. The challenges of today's economic landscape are undeniable. With every purchase, the strain on our finances grows. In such times, a move to Mint Mobile isn't just wise, it's essential. Why bear the brunt of exorbitant costs when an alternative promises both quality and affordability? And it's not just about savings. It's about a seamless transition, a supportive customer service team, and the peace of mind knowing you're not being duped. Mint Mobile isn't just another wireless provider. It's a movement, a movement towards smarter choices, better service, and unmatched value. So as we navigate this era of rising costs, one question remains. Are you ready to redefine your wireless experience? Ready to embrace change, savings, and unmatched quality? If so, Mint Mobile awaits. For a wireless plan that's not just affordable, but also premium in every sense, make your way to mintmobile.com Casper. Remember, it's mintmobile.com Casper. Seize the day, make the switch, and bask in the joys of a phone bill that's just $15 a month. Your wallet will thank you. I heard a loud bang, and then the largest bowl exploded. In the past couple months, maybe you've seen glassware exploding in the stove or on people's ovens or on countertops. Maybe you've even heard about the hack you can do to avoid it happening to you. Make sure that your Pyrex glassware is Pyrex in all capital letters and not Pyrex in lowercase letters, and problem solved. The lowercase Pyrex is the newer, more modern brand made with cheaper materials, and it apparently explodes. Unfortunately, that's not really fully what happened here, and even uppercase Pyrex can shatter. It's a little bit confusing, and why am I distinguishing between uppercase Pyrex and lowercase Pyrex? But let me explain what's going on here in case you don't know. So here's the story. Corning started making Pyrex in 1908 using borosilicate glass. This particular kind of glass is thermal shock resistant, and what that means is it can go from a cold temperature to a hot temperature easily without shattering. So essentially, you could take something from the oven, put it in the fridge, no problem. Any Pyrex for 90 years had this feature and it was safe to use in that way. But in 1998, something changed. World Kitchen LLC purchased the brand and began using soda lime glass. And while that glass is still sturdy, it's just thick glass essentially. Soda lime glass isn't all that special. And of course, when World Kitchen and Pyrex were eaten up by Cornell, 
they kept the cheaper material as part of Pyrex's new brand. And this is the story that's been floating around the internet, and it certainly seems legitimate. On the other hand, a representative at Corel has stated that the company has been using tempered glass since the 1950s, at least in some capacity. They made the change decades ago for a variety of reasons. They said it's cheaper to make, it helps reduce air pollution, and soda lime glass is actually better for the environment. Plus, while borosilicate glass is better at handling temperature shock, soda lime glass is better at handling sudden impact, a problem that consumers are more likely to have. And different sources say different things about the issue, obviously. I think it's pretty rare that I'll find such an even split between sources, honestly. And sure, that may be more common if a company was founded one day but launched another. Dates may be different by a few months or even a year, but the disagreement on when Pyrex shifted their formula is internet-wide and it's almost a half century apart. The most reputable source I was able to find on this topic was the Smithsonian Magazine. And they also seem to have the most reasonable explanation too. Quote, Corning held a patent for its formula for borosilicate glass from 1915 until 1936. When that patent expired, the company came up with a new formula for heat-resistant glass, aluminosilicate glass. Eventually, in the 1950s, that's when tempered soda-lime glass came along. However, Pyrex produced in Europe still actually uses the original formula, the borosilicate. And I know this might seem a bit ridiculous to get to the bottom of this. Like, why does it actually matter what kind of glass your measuring cup is made out of? And I mean, yeah, it, it maybe it sounds a bit ridiculous, but I think it does actually matter. Because the fact of the matter here is the whole Pyrex in capital letters and Pyrex in lowercase letters trick doesn't fully work. One of the only surefire ways to tell them apart is by submerging your glass in vegetable oil. If you see your glassware after submerging it and it has a very clear double outline, then it's soda lime. If it vanishes, then it's borosilicate. Though if your borosilicate has a faint color to it, then it might have a shadowy image in the oil. But again, then you also have to use that much vegetable oil to try and submerge like a casserole pan or something if you have a Pyrex dish that is that large. And I just don't wanna waste that much vegetable oil. But it is a pretty handy trick if you do wanna do that. If you've got a few jugs of vegetable oil to spare, it might be worth it to find out. But I think what's consistently bothered people, no matter whether if it's in consumer reports or irritated TikToks, is the lack of consistency from the company. Some of their products are totally fine when you put them in the fridge after they come out of the oven, but others aren't. Wouldn't it seriously be that hard for Pyrex to just, I don't know, like distinguish between the two? It can't be that hard to use all uppercase for one and lowercase for the other, or put a small marking on different kinds of glass. And I think that way there would be less confusion and less upset people. I have a couple Pyrex pieces, uh, mainly like those giant mixing bowls, honestly. So I don't really put that into the oven, which is why for me, when I'm thinking about submerging in vegetable oil, I'm like, that's a lot of vegetable oil. But I have a couple smaller pieces, like things I could use to make like creme brulees and stuff like that. And maybe I'll try and submerge one of those in vegetable oil just to see, you know, what's the diddly do. But here's the thing with Pyrex. It's been around for a while. And maybe you grew up seeing your grandma make casseroles out of a Pyrex pan, and she stuck the leftovers still hot in the pan directly into the refrigerator. Then when you grew up, you did the same thing, but you shattered the pan or, and I don't know, shattered the pan, hurt yourself. The glass flew everywhere. I mean, ouch, and also clean up. Of course, read the instructions and warning labels on a product before you use them, but it is clear to see why someone could be confused here. And I don't wanna say that Pyrex is being intentionally misleading here. I wouldn't even presume to say that borosilicate is better when they're selling an inferior product. 
That's not really the point of the message. Instead, the point here is simply that Pyrex isn't showing that they care about their consumers. At least the owner isn't. Like, how hard would it be to release a statement about this? Have it on the front of your website for a little bit. Instead, it feels like Corel just said, oh, it's been this way forever, and then just kept quiet. They didn't acknowledge how the differences could be confusing. And while I understand that probably no company is going to admit fault that easily, if your glass bowls and pans are shattering in people's ovens, maybe you do need to do something about that. For a while now, this has seemed to be the public's issue with Pyrex. And while it may not be the full picture, I can understand why it would start to feel like they're sinking when a firm bought them up and just took over and really changed nothing or made things worse. And this certainly seems to be the case with Instant Pot, at least, as they went down the similar path as Pyrex. Truthfully, while most brands featured on the corporate casket are usually pretty terrible, and I do kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't be hurt if they go out of business, I can't actually say the same for Pyrex and Instant Pot. I find the whole situation to be a very interesting and sad case study. Obviously, that's why we're discussing it today. And like I said, I do use Pyrex in my house and I don't think I have borosilicate Pyrex, but I'm going to double check on a couple pieces. And I actually do have an Instant Pot and I've had one for years and I absolutely love it. But unfortunately, I feel like the story of Instant Pot and Pyrex and Corel and this whole buying up companies and then overinflating the debt, I just feel like this demonstrates yet another reason why consumers are tired of seeing small companies bought up by larger corporations only to watch them just get slammed with debt and then destroyed. But with all of that being said, that is where we're ending today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new today, and if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest information. I really appreciate you spending some of your time here with me today, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.